Hello, and welcome to the Mill Creek View CEO Special with me, your host, Steve Abramowitz, where I interview the best business people and entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Mill Creek View CEO Special Season 1, Episode 1 with your host, Steve Abramowitz, CEO of the Mill Creek View newspaper and mcview.us, where we interview successful executives and always an interesting person whose company is making a positive impact in our world today. This time, special guest, Jim Gray. But first, for more information about Mill Creek View CEO Special, visit us anywhere at our exclusive content YouTube channel, Rumble, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please subscribe, and thanks for doing it. Jim Gray is the founder of Gray Artist Services, a Nashville company that provides artist, development artist, management, and record label services to a wide range of artists and rock, pop, jazz, Americana, and instrumental musicians. Jim is also the creative team lead of HitLab Creative Studios here. Hi, Jim. How are you today? Hey, good morning, Steve. Really good to be here. Super stoked about this. And uh, we've been talking about this for a while. And now I'm here. Now you're here and the show is happening. That's fantastic. Um, You are a big walker. Do you use that time outside to clear your head and make business decisions? I do, actually. That because I've seen a lot of studies that walking helps balance both sides of the brain. And um, so it's helping me process I'm processing my personal life, all the things in my life I'm thinking through. I'm thinking through things in my personal life and in my professional life. So it's it's me time. And I, I really started doing it you know, during the pandemic because at times there wasn't anything else to do with your time. There was extra time. And as life reacclimated into kind of what we are in now, the post-pandemic series finale or whatever we're in. Back to normal. Back to normal. Uh, started walking more. And now I think as of, you know, most weeks I'm at about 30 miles a week. And um, so it's a regular part of my day. I get up early. So I have that it for me, it's self-care. Walking is self-care, walking, riding, praying, all those things I do for me. That's me time. That's, that's because the hours I get up, I know that most people aren't going to be up at those hours. That's productive time. The church of gym, we could call it. Uh, As long as your shoes are comfortable and your back is straight. You'll be doing good, good for your internals as well as external when business time comes. Well, and I, I picked particular type of shoes for that. I I have like specific shoes. I have specific, I have compression socks. I have like a whole set of walking clothes just for walking. Like it is a, it is a, um, a, uh, intentional part of my life. It is not the, I hope to walk today. It, it is set to happen today. I plan on it. It's in my calendar Everybody who does business with me, business with me knows that I walk. And sometimes if they do want to talk to me, I'll, I'll actually schedule. Sometimes I will schedule a walk for business meetings. Oh, that's great. That keeps the brain moving. Uh, and when we sit in chairs all day long and our posture is bad, that definitely can't be good for the uh, thought process, the circulation of our neurons and dendrons. So what you're doing, I think, is probably great for both mind and body and spirit because you said pray. Um, now you've worked with some big names in music. Tell us what lessons you've learned on those jobs. You know, I would tell you that I used to think that it mattered what medium or what what market. And and these days, even with music, I used to think that I had to be a big music person or know a lot about the music business to do what I do really well. And what I found is is that for me, at least, that wasn't true as a leader. I 
what I found that the best results came when I sat down and helped people prioritize their life and their goals with, because most people in the music business are doing multiple things than just music. They're doing um, all sorts of things to be, you know, to figure things out. And what I came in and started doing about two years ago was I just sat down and helped them prioritize their business and their goals. And then I help hold them accountable to those, to those priorities. Are you talking about a musician who might dabble in say, you know, Tim McGraw, obviously country music artist, but yet he just did a big movie TV show project, 1883. Or are you talking more about somebody who like a puff daddy who has a clothesline and is he focusing too much on the clothes and not enough on his music to be his core business? What, all of it, all of the, all of it, because most of them have multiple things going on outside of music. You know, how do, how are we going to develop your merchandise? And you've got performance things going on and, and you've got songwriting going on and there are different seasons. So if they're saying, well, I want to play more gigs, but I want to, I actually want to start writing a new record uh, that you're probably going to be a little bit out of balance because studio writing records and things like that takes a different type of work and, and mindset and time as where, you know, if, but if you're playing gigs and then some of these people that I work with, cause I work with all independent artists, no, nobody that I work with is signed at the moment. And so most of them are working regular jobs and managing a career. And so I'm just helping them manage their, their music career and all the priorities within it with, because there's always the hope that it would grow to something else. And, it, and a lot of times it does. And, but, but it's like, how do we make shifts? Because what I, what I was good at was helping them think like almost mirroring how they think. Um, and, and so I changed a lot, but I, I was still offering all the marketing services, but I was like, they just, they, they need the same prioritization that I gave my life and my career. They, they want that and they need that. And it's, the results have been awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, in the nineties, uh, I worked for a personal manager in Hollywood who also did, uh, what you would think you were describing where they manage the person's individual business but they spent most of their time just getting them acting gigs or writing gigs if they were directors and what you're talking about is something that's more um important because you're telling them basically how to run their career of a image maker as a business versus say somebody who just going where the next uh, audition may be so that personal manager job should have had more to do with what you're talking about that's the difference between an agent who has thousands of actors in a file versus a manager who may be able to handle 10 or 20, but they weren't doing what you're discussing. So you have a unique uh, style there. That's great. Um, what makes you interested in the audio visual work? Uh, the audio visual work uh, came along with, uh, um, you know, uh, some, a friend of mine in the music business who was connected here in the podcasting industry. And um, that led to me coming in here. And it's a, it's a, I'm a natural creative. So, you know, my, my natural gift that God gave me is writing and, and visual. My brain is very visual and, and it's a fascinating podcasting is a fascinating blend of creativity and business. Um, uh, you know, and I, and I, I really have enjoyed it because it's also, uh, it's power through networking and, and it's, it's like having your own network, your excuse that you could have an, by having a podcast, you have an excuse to network with almost anybody. It gives you a, um, not carte blanche, but at least permission of sorts to say, hey, Steve, or hey, you know, Nick, or hey, you know, um, 
fans, you know, famous person or whatnot, I would love to get you on my show because everybody in the end of the day wants publicity. And, um, but it's been a fascinating blend of creativity and business. And at the end of the day, it's relationships. You know, I just moved this week and the movers that I use true friends moving, I met them through podcasting. Hmm. And, um, so I love that. And, um, and, and, and then I think the other part is, is that realizing the amount of commitment and time it takes in podcasting is the same level and commitment it takes in music where if you have your priorities straight and you're committed to it time-wise that you could have great results, but it takes, as you know, it takes time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've had 85 episodes of the Mill Creek View podcast in Tennessee, and I'd never probably would have been able to spend 35 minutes with those people to get that information. Otherwise, uh, you can't do it at a cocktail party, can't do it at a meet and greet, can't do it on a road show. It, it gives you that opportunity to be intimate and understand much better and let them tell their view, which is why it's called The View. Um, everything is on a deadline and very expensive if costs overrun, uh, obviously. How do you keep it together? I mean, it's all about time management. You know, time management is a big for me, at least professionally, time management, how I manage my time and how I manage multiple things, whether it's, um, you know, because there's everybody has multiple layers of things going on in their life. Like, you know, if I'm moving, then moving has to, for a sh- very short temporary period of time that has to have time. If I'm in a relationship, if I'm or trying to have a relationship or if I'm, you know, uh, walking and managing business. It's all about time management and then it's all about communication with others. And sometimes uh, over communicating with others is very important, not or managing that communication, but uh, being very intentional and on the offensive with communication in those in those peak times is is very, very key. I've been uh, very fortunate to have been mentored in the past year um, to be on the offensive rather than a defensive posture when there's a lot going on and it's been, it's been very helpful to me. Yeah. There's a lot of time wasted when you're waiting for something to react to, as opposed to getting ahead of it and being proactive. Like I think you're describing there. Um, also the business is obviously very labor intensive. Um, how do you balance the best people for the job and pay them all and still make a profit? Yeah. A lot of that is, um, you know, we, you know, we, we recruit, we want to recruit the best. And so it's just like, if I'm going to have my floors, redone at my house, I'm going to go get three quotes. And, um, so sometimes you have to interview more people and you have to create almost a a recruiting funnel, right. To find those best people. And then you have to have good sources and good referrals. And then, uh, as far as like team management, we use tools like Slack, uh, you know, for, for communication, uh, Google drive, monday.com, um, a lot of text messages, a lot of calls, um, we're using a lot of tools um, and, and our team, we will pick up the phone and call versus a lot of texting because there's a lot of um, message, message lost in just, just straight text trend, you know, just text communication. I like the sound of that because obviously you hear from social media that it's a very big time suck. You waste a lot of time scrolling through and hearing what had someone had for breakfast or what their cat did today or yesterday or a year ago. And yet you're saying you're using the technology tools to basically take care of precious time, which is, that's, that's what it should be for. That's what technology is. Um, if a young person wanted to get into this business today, what would you advise them? I would, well, first of all, if you're a young person and you want to get into this business, then you should have, um, 
you should make a demo of what you want to do, whether it's if you want to be a producer or you want to be a guest or whatever it is you want to do, figure that out and then make a pitch, you know, and have that pit. And then I would make a whole campaign about your pitch. And, um, you know, if there are people out there from, you know, local universities that want to get into podcasting, we would love, you know, we're, we're always wanting, you know, to have the best talent and to have an intern pool or intern crew or in, in, in our culture. And, um, but I would say that, you know, have your, have, go get some help from your parents or from a coach or from a friend and make sure that you have your messaging and your goals all intact. Because for me, a degree doesn't is great. That means that you went through college and things like that. But for me, at the end of the day, okay, let's go this route. For the end of the day, for me, trust. Sometimes if you're really gifted, but I can't trust you, that sort of counter, that doesn't work. So, But if you're high trust and and know what you're doing, to some extent, like that's, that's valuable, but to be trustworthy, the talented and trustworthy for me are, are the two big things. Okay. And do you have like a portal on a website where people could upload things to show you that they have the product that you might be interested in to give get through that screening process? Or do you just wait for word of mouth to reach you and then you finally get to meet somebody and they might be talented? We, we're always recruiting and I'm always looking. And I would say, you know, if you have, if you have something that you want to say, or you want to reach out, just, you can connect with me on Instagram. And, and if you have a reel that you want to show me, just, you know, you can tag me on Instagram. I'm more than happy to have a conversation with somebody. Okay. Uh, where does it go from here? There are a lot of podcasts, uh, thousands. How do you make the best of them? Yeah, we, so one thing is podcasting this room and everything like this room makes a podcast for sure. What we're doing right now is podcasting, but the actual true, the, the true marketing behind podcasting comes from the clips that will be made from this episode. So when I'm talking right now and I'm talking about making clips, uh, and, and, you know, people that watch my social media know that I use my fingers like this for the little box and like, you know, whatever your phone is, right. And there's this little box that we're all looking at. We get a report of every week. And those, those clips that we make, that's what actually markets your social media. So it's very important to have your content and then have clip-worthy content as well because that's what's going to market your show. And then it's a whole, um, everything matters, all the design and everything. All right. And you specialize in the creation, marketing, and promotion of podcasts and other serial content. Um, what would your ideal content look like? Yeah. Ideal content uh, for us is going to be, we always want to do the very best. And, um, and we always want to be, you know, reviewing that both with the client and with our team, you know, we're the experts and the client also has perspective. And so we're constantly, you know, reviewing that review, reviewing is everything. Collaboration, collaboration and reviewing with the client and with the team and then, then the big question is, is like, um, is always like, who is watching everything? Are we watching what we're recording? Are we listening to it? And are we always asking questions that, that lead to great results rather than just like, no, we have a great looking room and we've got a great looking team and a great working team. No, you have to actually do the deeper work of like review, 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 because the true art of anything is found in the revision process. It's not found in the first run. For sure. 
you also provide recording services, but the studio is built dummy proof so the podcast creator or YouTube host can easily plug and play to record their content live with real-time camera switching all recorded to the format of their choice. Any comments on your state-of-the-art studio and how that drives business? I mean, Nick Hyder did a great job, you know, in the oversight of this studio and this room and what it does and the technology involved. And it is dummy proof for sure, but it really matters, you know, that we've thought out having, having, you know, pre-production planning and, and then thinking about what does the day of look like and what does post-production look like and all the parts and pieces um, because the room by itself is amazing. But, but with, if you, if you have this amazing room with, with an amazing team, and with all that communication that we in collaboration we talked about, it's even more amazing. Mm. And of course, after you record it, amazing, you need to promote it. Where do you get involved there? Yeah, the promotion part, uh, as soon as you know we're, we've edited the episode and that's been approved, then that goes off to our, uh, our content direction team, which is taking these clips and making, you know, making all of the, uh, the animated visual pieces, it's all edited for an- make an- these animated visual clips that you'll see on social media. We have a whole team that's, that's creating all of that. And then at times, you know, we're either creating that content and the client's taking it to post themselves or we're posting on their behalf and we're communicating. Uh, but that's all, you know, there's a communication strategy involved there. Obviously, you can't assume that just because we created all this, and the, and the team is posting it, we can't assume that anybody says, knows anything. We have to act, actually have a conversation about what does that look like and how does that, how does that work? And then when is it going to happen based on, you know, the, the best practices for social media, Very but, nice. yeah. but yeah, we're, we're doing social media marketing essentially to market the podcasting. We're doing that as part of the whole process. Yeah. And nothing moves that content faster than they say going viral. So if it has the, uh, extra professional look to it and feel to it and the sizzle, it will move a lot faster than if it was just put out in somebody's basement, like the old uh, Wayne's World, so to speak, or public access. That's fantastic. Uh, So your team of dedicated professionals are here to service those needs and get your message to the world. Um, Any specific professionals you work with that you'd want to shout out to? Yeah. um, You know, first of all, the hiders, Nick and Rhiannon, and, um, and then you know, everybody who's on our, our, our creative team webpage, um, and, um, you know, our producers and, and, um, you know, Matthew Hawks, who's our, uh, who's our account lead. And yeah, there's, and, um, you know, we have a lot of different people involved and, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, you specialize in the creation of assets distribution of episodes and social media to aid in the promotion of your content. Sounds like the whole package. So I assume that's what's missing in the podcast universe. And so these four elements that you do creation of assets, distribution of episodes and social media to aid in for promotion of your content is the magic sauce in, in hit labs. Yeah. I would say that, um, we, you know, we not only create, and record all this podcasting content, but yes, we are storing it and we're distributing it out to the, you know, whether whatever platform, you know, we we're using um, currently using things like RSS and anchor.com and, and a lot of different tools that we're using to distribute. Um, and then we are using, we're, we're also distributing that out to the other platforms like YouTube 
And then we're distributing that out to the social, you know, we're also managing the social media, creating and managing the social media content and distributing that for the clients as well. Yeah. And you say, just help with edits. Uh, you can do it. Or if they need the whole package, like we just discussed, you've got them covered. You just need to know what they want and get the ball rolling and establish uh, what works for them to grow their brand. Yes. Yes. It's all about, and again, it's the communication is key, you know, regular check-ins, uh, coaching, um, you know, monitoring conversations and really treating almost treating every, every podcast, like a small, like a small business of sorts or a, or a TV show, if you will. And there's a lot of pieces to this because we're using high end audio and video. There's a lot of pieces of this, that, that are almost like a small production company or a, you know, a, a TV, a TV network. Yeah. Yeah. It's for real. Um, and how do you figure out the pricing? Yeah, the pricing is all based on a lot of different formulas of, you know, all the all the cost involved in running a business from our side and then the cost involved with, you know, different markets. And um, yeah, and we're, you know, we're trying to be uh, mindful of what it costs to run. It's, it's a lot like running any business, you know, figuring out what are all the costs involved and then what what would, you know, how can we offer the great value and have a great team to serve great clients? So each show is looked at like its own personal business that has its own balance sheet, profit and losses and whatnot. Exactly right. Um, Okay, so last question. We are almost out of time here. What's the future of podcasting now with names like Megyn Kelly, maybe Tucker Carlson if he gets into it, Rogan obviously dominating. Everybody has a bookshelf. They can really, science has now shown about four shows that they can really consistently list listen to because you got to imagine that's three to 12 hours of content uh with their day jobs raising their kids their families whatever so the idea of putting something in your ear for an hour three hours if it's rogan not easy to do if you want to listen to thousands of podcasts that are out there all with great content what is the future of the business of podcasting you know i would say the same thing to the music business, you know, how many people are moving to Nashville every day, including my own children to write songs and, and collaborate with others and to perform and all these dreams that they have. And, you know, Broadway's filled up with performers down on, on, and, you know, Broadway down in Nashville and, um, you know, the, the whole industry, there's constantly people moving here to produce and write. And, and, and I'd say in podcasting the same way is that if you think you have a great story, then you should share that story your story matters. And, and I would say, even if, you know, we love it when people come in here and, and work with us, we really do. And I would say in a whole, whether even in the music business, I say that, you know, if you have something that you should, you should, you feel that that is noteworthy or mentionable or, or something, you know, that you believe is powerful, then, then it's up to that each person to believe in that for themselves. And the same thing with podcasting. If you believe you have something valuable to say, then, then you should start figuring out a way to do that. And, um, but I believe that podcasting is growing in the same way that the music industry is growing and, and in the film industry is growing. If you look at things like Netflix and Amazon and even, um, Roku and all of these other, you know, streaming networks that are, they're constantly investing in, in new, new things. Yet we have tons of thousands of choices for streaming media now, but yet we're still making, obviously. So I don't think podcasting is going away. I think it's going to become like a regular, such a a part of our lives, much like when I was growing up, there was just TV, there was just cable and the radio. 
Um, I think it's in some ways it's uh, now we're doing a lot of we're doing video podcasting. Uh, we don't have any audio only podcast at this point in history for for Hit Lab. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people when they think podcasting, they think audio. And um, and so I think that uh, and, you know, Spotify has a huge video platform now uh, that we're that Hit Lab's on with our clients and um, so I think it's a very intriguing time, but I, I think that having the right strategy and the right thought process behind your story and, and the marketing of it, I think it, it can be powerful. Yeah. And I don't know the percentages yet, but I would think after two years of you know COVID lockdown and everybody sitting on the couch, binging everything that was on Netflix and basically going from A to Z on the internet, they are now ready to walk like you do 30 miles a week. And if you have headphones in and you list podcasts like ours, we move you along a little quicker because you're distracted. You're not focusing on the pain in your calves, so to speak. You're listening to something, hopefully, that's opening your mind and giving you some truth. Uh, the themes of your company are marketing, branding, podcasting, and the power of habit. Uh, your walking is a habit. Your prayer is a habit. Any other habits you want to uh, tell people who would become clients of yours to start gaining so that those habits become muscle memory that become a better product? Yeah, I would say... Um getting in the habit of creating content for social media, you know, these, all these clips that you see that we make, whether for, for your podcast or for Nick Hyder's podcast, or in general, all these caption clips takes a lot of discipline. And I don't, I would suggest that you start that by I'd, you start by doing that. Now it actually, your best move is to get in the habit of creating content for your social media, because the podcasting part is a different discipline altogether but the bigger one is 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 that regular consistent content to start marketing your story now and then we have a a program called the brand amplifier program it's a it's a project and a um a service that we offer and it's basically to start help you start um it's 350 dollars a month and we basically coach you through you know how do you start making your content now so that when someday when you do want to launch your own podcast, let's say in the next year, you are already you already have that discipline. You already know the team. You already know how everything works. And they can go to our website and click on uh, Brand Amplifier Program and fill out that form, and we'll we'll get back to them. That's great, yeah, because a lot of people think they just hit play or turn on the mic and you're good to go. And no, just like anything else, it takes practice and it takes discipline. Uh, Jim, thank you for your time. We appreciate you very much. We are at the end here. Please tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and follow your social media. Anything else you want to share? I would say, yeah, the best way to follow me is on Instagram at Jim Gray online and that's G R A Y. And, um, and then, you know, there's things like Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and all those things, but I'm probably most active on, and then, you know, um, and then the hit lab, hit lab creative studios website, and, um, and then, you know, for the music side, you know, probably connecting me with connecting with me on Instagram is probably best as well. And, um, yeah, thank you very much, Steve, for this time. It's been really enjoyable. My pleasure. We'll have you on again sometime. Just a quick book review to close out the show. Um, Think and Grow Rich is Napoleon Hill's most popular book, summarizing his philosophy of success and explaining it for the general public. The original 1937 manuscript was written and edited with the assistance of Annie Lou Hill, Dr. Hill's wife, in the 1960s edition has sold over 100 million copies, making it the most read self-help book of all time. Dr. Hill works 
Our Dr. Hill's works are highly recognizable and have had long-lasting influence worldwide. In fact, Think and Grow Rich sells more copies today than before Dr. Hill died in 1970. Check it out. Thanks. Thanks.